listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Today we have a trivia episode yes. having something to do with Luther, but maybe not what you might think we may be talking about with Luther. Hmm. going to be super vague because I don't want to give it away. I honestly have no recollection of what this trivia is supposed <laughs> to be, be honest so with it's going to be a big surprise <laughs> for all of us. You I know agree. what? As of Wednesday this week, I had totally forgotten too because it was Christmas break. <laughs> I looked at my I looked at my calendar and said, "Oh, I'm doing a trivia episode. I wonder what that's about." Sisters in the struggle. I love it. Yes. Oh man, I love this, Rachel. What are we doing today? <laughs> we, we are doing yes, as you say, a Luther-related trivia challenge that is inspired by the fact that it is currently January, and I get really bored in the middle of winter and need something <laughs> to entertain me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing that is entertaining me at this moment is a volume that I discovered during an earlier period of boredom this winter when I was helping my husband sort his theological library. Ew. <laughs> Your future brain. I, I'm, just, I'm speaking for my own personal. Yeah, do you, no, it's, you have to be pretty bored before that becomes the thing you want to do on a Saturday. But we were there. <laughs> so this book that I found is one that I've actually quoted once or twice before in our podcast, but I had just grabbed the quotes from like a Google Books online search. I had no idea that I actually had the volume sitting in my garage. Um, (laughs) And so when I found it, I was like, I know this. We got to do something with this. It is Luther on Women, a source book. Oh, yes, right. Edited. It's edited by (laughs) Susan C. Carent Nunn and Mary E. Wiesner Hanks. Okay. okay. So you know that they're scholars because who else? They give all the names. All the names. Mm-hmm. All the names. All the hyphens. All the all the middle initials. Nice. They're all there. Mm-hmm. So I thought, them, we need to do something with this book. We need to do something fun with this book. And so, of course, I thought trivia challenge. Yes. So how would you all like to get stumped on a whole bunch of questions about what Luther said and wrote about women? My body is ready. <laughs> even wait. <laughs> I don't even know what this you're going to. What like, I needed this week. I have no concept of what you're even going to be. Asking I'm embracing us right now. the chaotic energy right now. I cannot. This feels wait. Feels very appropriate. For I love it. January. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mix it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So three notes before we get started. I feel like I need to make some some clarifying comments at the beginning. Hmm. <laughs> One, Luther was not a feminist. Oh, not at least not at least in the modern sense of the word. He did radically sort of change the, you know, role of of women and advance the dignity of the average woman in the eyes of the church. But Mm -hmm. in many ways, his viewpoint is very much the medieval mindset he inherited. Mm -hmm. I suppose you could summarize that as men are strong and smart and women are weak and less smart. Okay. However, within the context of the broader debate on women in the 16th century, where they were trying to answer questions like, are women capable of good or are they just inherently bad? Or are women what? human or inhuman? Wow. In this like context, his viewpoint is mm-hmm. not the weirdest thing you're going to see or the, you know, least compatible with a modern perspective. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's point one. Point two. Luther's own views on women seem to have evolved somewhat throughout his life, just based on, you know, looking at his comments and 
early versus late. Um, He said some things about marriage, for example, when he was a single seminary professor that he almost unsaid later on after (laughs) he was actually married. And we'll we'll talk about a couple of those comments. So it it makes sense. I mean, even today, a a man who is what we would call involuntarily celibate may say things about women that he then unsays after he meets a nice girl and actually spends some quality time with her. (laughs) I love this already. And then the third comment is that some of his offhand remarks, especially those in the table talk, you know, where his students wrote down just what he said at dinner time, can sound pretty harsh out of context. And they are all out of context. Mm. Because imagine you're sitting down at the table listening to a man and his wife who have this lively, loving, banter-filled relationship full of what you can only describe as sick burns, and you're only writing down one side of the conversation. Mm, yeah. Bree, you would not fare well in this I would sort of not. a, a write-up. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Well, no, or my jibes are so good that, like, <laughs> they'd be like, oh, 500 years later. She's a spicy still- one. <laughs> yeah. We should probably write everything she says down. <laughs> So unfortunately, we only can imagine the things that Katie said during these dinner conversations. I mean, there are a few few times when her her comments slip through. But by and large, we only get Martin's side of these conversations. And that's a shame. So with those clarifying remarks out there in the open, let's go ahead and uh, start our trivia challenge, shall we? Let's go, girls. Hey, question number one. Which two women show up most often in Luther's sermons and lectures. They have their own chapters in this book. Mary Magdalene? Magdalene? Uh, No. I'm going to I think Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, one point. Yeah. Erin, you said Eve. Eve. Yes, two points. Well done. Yeah, in this volume, Eve and Mary get their own chapters because there's quite a bit that he said about them. And this was actually pretty par for the course in his day, just as we contrast Adam and Christ as being, you know, the, the, Mm. the first Adam and the second Adam. Well, basically, the medieval preachers did this with Eve, the one who messed everything up and Mary, the one who made things better. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. He sure. also th- does mention Mary Magdalene and also women like Sarah, Esther, Lot's wife, and Brie, you'll love this, Judith, the Jewish yeah. widow from the book of Judith who uses her beauty and charm to chop the head off of an Assyrian general. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. So yes, women do show up quite a bit, and he uses, uses biblical women as sermon illustrations all the time. So question two, speaking of Eve... A woman whom medieval theologians, as I said, blamed unambiguously for everything that's wrong in the world. It's mm. true. How did Luther, in his sermons on Genesis, translate and interpret the line in Genesis that describes God's creation of Eve? And I'll give you a multiple choice for this. Okay. Oh, okay. good. <laughs> did he say it was A, like the cultivation of a garden? B, like the building of a house? Or C, like the taming of a wild she-donkey. What? These are good choices. Okay, let's I really... You want it to be the she-donkey. You want it to be the she-donkey. Yes. And that sounds very on-brand Luther, kind of. (laughs) It kind of does. I want to say say A, though. Yeah, I also am going with A. I'm going to say B. 
uh, building of a house. Oh, okay. we're all wrong. B for Brie, you are correct. So the quote here reads as follows. Notice that as God made the woman out of the rib of the man, the text uses the word to build. He builds a woman just as if she was supposed to be a house. So of course, I have she's a brick house running through my head the entire time. I'm reading this collection. Yes. Because to Luther, woman is a brick house. That is amazing. Please, okay. somebody, please make that a T-shirt and a sticker. Please, I'll make a sticker. Yes, maybe that's our new ladies lounge sticker. Okay, but wait, he didn't say brick house. He just said house. I'm I'm gonna need to see the, the like the the proofs before I can catch your vision. So carry on. You always do. You always do, but I always catch it. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Because this is Luther, the next few questions are going to take the form of riddles because this is fun. And the first one is sort of still in this general subject area. So here is your Luther style riddle number one. Where is man weakest? In his ribs, where he's missing one. Where's man? Where? Say that again. Where is man weakest? Where's man weakest? I do the New York Times crossword. I should know this. I do it every day. <laughs> I'm going with the ribs. He's already. He's missing one. Okay. He gave it to his wife. So I like that answer. There. I'm gonna Boom. go with. But it's your answer. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna go one. with the geographical location. I'm gonna go with Disney World. Okay. <laughs> right? So the trick to answering this riddle is to understand that man can refer to single man or mankind. So the oh, answer that oh. I would say is in his woman. Man is weakest in his woman. Oh. So here's the oh. quote that inspired oh, this okay. riddle from a sermon on Genesis 3. Tricky. First of all, okay. Satan takes hold of a man where he was weakest, namely through the feminine person. That is Eve uh. and not Adam. All his temptations are directed and he tried to break in where we are weak and not well in charge. Had he assailed Adam, he might well have received a different answer. I feel my answer gets half points. I agree. Because I actually, yeah, yeah he I agree. Would not be there without his ribs. So yeah. you were on the right track. And he did refer to uh, uh, it is it is rumored that he referred to Katharina, his wife, as Kitty, my rib. So, right. yeah, which is the most adorable term of endearment. I, I, have to say. I think we need to open yeah. a barbecue restaurant called Kitty My Rib. Eat <laughs> <laughs> ribs. Where we serve all cat ribs. I mean, no. Okay, since we're saying outrageous things, let's have another riddle, oh, shall we? Yeah. Carry on. Here we Please. go. Next riddle. According to Luther, what do men's broad chests and women's broad backsides reveal about their different vocations? <laughs> what? <laughs> I uh, <laughs> take it apart piece by piece. What does a man's okay. broad chest say about him, and what does uh, about does, what he's supposed to do? Broad chest. He like, lifts he's, a lot of weight. He's working on the railroad all the live long day. So, so he he lifts a lot. And so he lifts up his family. He's a lifter. Ooh. Oh. And the woman is a carrier. Okay. She carries childbearing yeah. hips. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She yeah. sits when she sews and stuff. Yeah. 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 I'm going to give you a point yeah. for that one. Yes. 
Okay, here's the quote. So half point, because you got the woman one spot on. Oh. Men have broad chests and narrow hips. Therefore, they have wisdom. Oh. Women have narrow chests and broad hips. Women ought to be domestic. The creation reveals it, for they have broad backsides and hips, so they should sit still. (laughs) Some of us are broader than others. I was going to say, that does not anatomically work for everybody. (laughs) No. (laughs) Men are women. (laughs) You know, it doesn't make sense to me either. I just Hmm. thought it was interesting. 36, 24, 36, only if she's 7, 8. So Sorry. I'm just imagining Man. women imagining women as like 24, 24, 54, and that this is <laughs> <laughs> she's a walking, she's a walking she's a- pyramid. Yeah. She's a- okay. <laughs> oh, right. wow. Are we uncomfortable yet? Because yep. I've got another <laughs> one. <laughs> Here we go. We've got several more to go before we climb out of this pit, you guys. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. This great. I'm enjoying the pit. I like it. <laughs> okay. I don't need to be redeemed from this one. Just keep me there. Here's another riddle. If a man's most essential clothing is his hose and doublet, that is his pants and shirt, in modern parlance, mm. what if mm-hmm. a woman's most necessary adornment a closed mouth. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to get into the spirit. I'm getting into yeah. the mind. You are of channeling. Luther. You went there. Right you are closer um, than you think. But still, we actually need we actually need a piece of clothing here. Is it is it a head covering? It or is like hair. It is. I was Brie. You're on yeah! fire. Mm-hmm. Or head covering. Yes. Fur and head coverings are women's most attractive and honorable and most genuine and most necessary adornment, just as men's most essential clothing is hose and doublet. So I'm just imagining that in Luther's mind, men are wearing pants and shirts and women are wearing hats and nothing else. (laughs) I don't think that's what he was getting at, but the quote allows that interpretation. Mm -hmm. It does. Mm Mm-hmm. Quite like interesting, it. Luther. <laughs> While we're talking about women and clothing, what about this hey, riddle? It's my favorite topic. <laughs> there is no dress that suits a woman or maiden so badly as what? Can you repeat that again? Pride. <laughs> there is no dress that suits a woman or maiden so badly as what? Aaron says pride. That's a good answer because this one is not a garment, actual an actual oh. garment. Uh-huh. Any other suggestions? Uh, uh, worry. Worry. <laughs> I mean, I am not good at riddles. I am far too literal, guys. <laughs> My brain just does not function this way. Uh, just say the first word that comes to the top of your mind. What is it? Just, what is it? <laughs> what word are you? Can you not say it? No. On I the just, air? I just don't know. You don't have a word in your head right now? No. Look at something <laughs> and say it. That's okay. Luther would actually approve of you based on the answer to this riddle. Nothing? There is no dress that suits a woman or maiden so badly as wanting to be clever. Mm. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) So I win that one. So points to Sarah for for winning the spirit of Luther's quote. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) This may actually be an example of one of those out-of-context sick burns because, uh, you know, it, it was from a table talk snippet. And we read specifically in one of his letters to Katie this wonderful line. 
As a clever lady and Mrs. Doctor, you may help to advise Master George Meyer and Master Ambrosio, etc., etc., referring to her directly to her face as a clever lady. And it may be that they were just, you know, I don't I don't want to speculate about context that we don't have for this, but that she was really laying it on thick and he just put this one down there. Mm. Yep. Wanting to be clever. Simmer down, little wifey. Right. (laughs) Could you imagine getting married to Martin Luther? No, no. I couldn't either. (laughs) I mean, I could, but it would last for about five seconds. I really want to know Katerina. She was a very Mm. special lady. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. How many more riddles? Oh, we've got two more riddles. But this one, this next one. Man, my brain hurts right now. (laughs) Because I know that some of y'all go in for dark humor. I don't, but some people do. Uh, Everyone's looking at me right now. Here's a dark riddle. What kind of woman should always be put to death? (laughs) All of them. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. We all of them. You can't, you can't be raised to life in Christ if you're not put to death. That's actually a wonderful answer, but that's not dark. That's like bright and full of gospel light and truth. Mine was rooted in like misogyny, though. (laughs) Mine was not religious whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, okay. The actual answer is a witch. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yes. Mm. But they didn't they believe that all women were witches, probably? So basically. No, they believed all witches were women for the most part. Oh, Different. and they did actually believe Jesus. in witches and witchcraft. They did actually believe that women abandoned their faith, became priestesses to the devil, and then used their newfound power to menace and kill and recruit people for Satan. And if you actually wow. literally believed that your neighbor was like doing all that, you might also say the law that sorceresses should be killed is most just since they do many cursed things. Mm. Yikes. And Luther definitely believed that. that. Um, I've got Mm. another quote where he talks about an an instance that his mother reported to him. So he was raised with this very Mm. superstitious worldview. Dr. Luther spoke often of witches, of the asthma and nightmares that plagued his mother because of her neighbor, a sorceress, though she had always treated her nicely and with friendship and had tried to reconcile with her. For she shot a look at children so that they cried themselves to death. And she punished a pastor and bewitched him so that he had to die. He could not be helped with any medicine. Hmm. So if that's if those are stories that you've grown up with as like this actually literally happened to my mom, then, yeah, you might say something like one should show no mercy to these women. I would burn them myself. Oh, and at the same time, I will point out Luther didn't actually go to his mother's neighbor and and actually murder her. No, he didn't. So there is also like. You know, we we do we do often speak in one way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He felt very strongly about the evil of witchcraft. Yeah, and that yeah. it should be taken seriously and avoided right. and punished where it was proven to be happening, mm-hmm. as he of believes course. it did happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, whether or not you think executing witches is just depends largely on whether you think witches are real. Mm. Yep, that is true. Okay, yeah, that got dark. Sorry. Um, That's okay. (laughs) I like it. Before we finish our riddling and move on to some other kinds of questions, I would like to circle back to our first riddle and ask the opposite. First, I asked, where is man weakest? Mm. And now I'm going to turn that statement a little bit on its head with another riddle drawn directly from another Luther quote. Where is woman strongest? 
with her, her man. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually better than that. What? Jesus. Jesus. The word. You know what? I'll give it to you. Heck to the The answer is, where is woman strongest? In her faith. Ah. And here is a wonderful statement from Luther that I think should make every woman feel very good inside, I guess. Mm. When women accept the teaching of the gospel, they are much stronger and more ardent in their beliefs than men. And they hold to these much more firmly and solidly. We see this in dear Anastasia. And Mary Magdalene was more valiant than Peter. Mm. Mm. So Mr. Sola Fide (laughs) comes out and says, when it comes to faith, women are stronger. And I think, honestly, that balances out his statements about women's weak wills and weak intellects. And and because Mm. when it comes down to it, what matters in Luther's view is faith. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I liked that. Okay, let's put our riddles aside and move on to a pair of true or false questions. Oh, boy. Okay, first one. True or false? Women can and should prophesy, according to Luther. True. Can and should? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say true. And I'll go with false just so that we have a nice, <laughs> nice split. Majority rules on this one. Yeah! Yeah! I, I got one right. <laughs> <laughs> so this quote is from Luther's sermon on Joel 2, 28. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. He says, today there are the sons of peasants. It is fit and proper that they have the gift of prophecy about which we can use the phrase is poured out. No one is discriminated against, neither city residents nor peasants. Therefore, this text truly sets up a new priesthood that does not depend so much on the person. The four daughters of Philip were prophetesses. A woman can do this, not preach in public, but console people and teach. A woman can do this just as much as a man. There are certainly women and girls who are able to comfort others and teach true words, that is, who can explain scripture and teach or console other people so that they will be well. This all counts as prophesying, not preaching. In the same way, a mother should teach her children and family because she has been given the true words of the Holy Spirit and understands. So, yes, Luther did feel that although women were not called to the office of the ministry, the public ministry, the preaching of the word, that they were absolutely called to console and teach on the word of God privately and that they could truly understand it and communicate the beauty of the gospel to those around them. So. Do that. So there. Mm. I like it. All right. Next true or false question. According to Uther, a godly marriage will make your life better and easier. False. Mm. I go with false. Align yourself with the person who's winning right now, Sarah. I'm going to go true. I'm going to be wrong, (laughs) though, but I want to do it. It is false. that's all right this is again from a sermon on genesis where he talks about the consequences of the fall and how these are intended to curb sinfulness Uh. says everybody shies away from marriage because they might have grief with the bearing of children that pertains to the woman or the man because he has to provide for and nourish his wife and child to which pertains effort and work 
Nobody wants to bear this burden, but it must be borne. If you do not take a wife and eat your bread in the sweat of your brow, God will take his punishment from your body and lay it upon your soul. That is not a good exchange. Skipping Mm. on a bit. And so I shall close. Where one finds a marriage in which the wife has no misfortune with bearing children and in which the husband is not bitter, something is not right. If God gives you a rich wife or husband so that you have only good days without effort or work, then you are certainly absolved from the passage in which God imposed punishment and you are not in good shape. The world is so crazy and foolish, contrary to God, that it is of the opinion that one can be married and enter the estate only to have good days and live well. But God Mm. wants exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's true. And it happens. Let's be real. I feel like that's very black and white. (laughs) <laughs> point of marriage according like- to this is that the marriage is to purify you through suffering yeah i mean that happens but like <laughs> i don't know i'd push back on that a little bit not gonna lie because like yeah marriage has now, yeah. definitely made me a different person but like also better <laughs> I should qualify this. Luther seems to have changed his own mind about this after he was himself married in a good and godly marriage to Katie Von Bora that made his life both better and easier. So we got to understand that medieval monks, which Luther was when he started his career, tended to fear and hate women in marriage and see them as something (laughs) sinful and dirty and less than and a temptation and an annoying impediment to an otherwise pure and celibate life with God. Mm, Thank you. Wow. Yeah. So the fact that Luther then was able to open his mind and heart to the concept of clerical marriage, where he could live a life doing God's work in the world while also being a husband and father, really changed things for him in his understanding, which is cool. It represented (laughs) a major sea change for Luther and one that took some getting used to for the former monk. So, next question What did he mention? as being strange to see on the mattress next to him when he woke up in the morning. His wife? A broad backside. (laughs) (laughs) I realize this was a dangerous question to ask. We all went there, even if we didn't say it. You're welcome. It's way cuter than that, you guys. It's so cute. The sweet face of his wife? I don't know. Breakfast? (laughs) Breakfast. (laughs) Uh, I'll the answer when I can stop laughing. Of ale. <laughs> I don't know. Dog pajamas that weren't his. <laughs> his wife's. A, a loose bra from somewhere. <laughs> Those are things. Okay, before we go any further down that track, I'll say it is braids. Oh, I thought this was as someone who wears my hair in a long braid a lot of the time. Uh It was really sweet to read this quote. This is actually a um, this was a a summary from the editors of the volume. I didn't find the quote itself, but I hope I will at some point. He observed how strange it was in the early months of marriage to find a pair of braids on the mattress beside him. He thought they were snakes. Uh, when you wake up cute. in a panic every morning, like, of course. And then he threw an ale pot at it. <laughs> Just kidding. No, he didn't. One time Luther dreamt that I was being attacked by a spider. So he whacked my chest really hard in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, for real, for real, for real. For real. And I, like, I yelped. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And he's like, you were getting eaten by a spider. And I was like, you were dreaming. So 
sorry, but yes, you do wake up in a fright sometimes. I punched my husband in the face while we were sleeping once and I pulled his hair. Like I grabbed a fistful of hair and just yanked. Marriage is an adventure, man. It is. It makes sense. No, I think uh, to your point, I think marriage makes the person better. I totally agree with you, but it doesn't make the life you live any better or easier like it, it's harder yeah it's harder a lot of times it is harder i <laughs> I, I not my point is luther's point not my point okay but yes oh, i do agree with but you. luther does seem to have found that marriage did make his life better and easier he later wrote a wife is a friendly gracious and pleasant companion in life oh that is true katie in particular mm. seems to have embodied these characteristics and she was, beyond simply a good companion, also an able business manager of all Luther's household estates. He mm-hmm. trusted her implicitly with his money, his property, and their children. And her management enabled him more easily to do some of the traveling that helped him lead the Reformation. So, yay, yeah. Katie. According to his letters home to her while he's on these trips, though, which two things did he look forward to the most when he came home? Her broad backside <laughs> and her narrow chest. <laughs> Ale and breakfast. Okay, put those Ooh. two answers together. And food. Food and it. butts. <laughs> food and her body. No, no, no. Just her. Just oh. her. Bray, get food your mind her. out of the Luther's bedroom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Luther's. <laughs> the Luther's bedroom. <laughs> They don't want you there. No, no. I don't want to be there, honestly. Can right. I just say this is a little weird because my husband's name is Luther. Yeah, so I know, I know right? It was Jeez. earlier when you were like, Luther once smacked me. I was oh. like, oh, uh, that's oh, right. Oh, that one. Sarah, you should have thought of that before you married the man. I'm sorry. Mm, I, I know. know. I'm sorry. He could still change his name if he wanted. <laughs> you could, he could call Charlie Jane Austen and call him Mr. Gulseth. Oh, that's mm. weird. No, mm. no. Ugh. Luther would have <laughs> the old Luther. The old Luther. <laughs> Mr. Luther. Hey, That's a little okay, so though. here's Sorry. your quote, because this is a good one. He's writing home from this journey that he's on, and those of you who travel a lot can relate to this. Yesterday, I had a drink of bad beer and had to sing. I wonder if that means not sing, but, you know, mm, get rid of the bad maybe. beer. Anyway, yeah, you yesterday, I had a drink of bad beer and had to sing. When I do not drink well, I am sorry. I would so have enjoyed it. And I thought, what good wine and beer I have at home. And in Aww. addition, a beautiful lady, or should I say Lord? Aww. So wine, beer, and a beautiful lady. That's what he looked forward mm-hmm. to when he came home. That's adorable. And it's interesting that he says, should I say Lord? Because although I have not yet found an example of him actually calling her kitty my rib, I have found many examples of him calling her Herr Katie, Lord Katie, not Lady mm. Katie, not Frau mm-hmm. Katie, Herr Katie. <laughs> Lady Katie. Mm-hmm. Lady Katie. <laughs> it was one of Luther's favorite nicknames for Boss Lady Katie. <laughs> he had many, many nicknames. We've talked about some of these in previous podcasts. So this will be if you were listening closely to the last time we, we tackled this subject, sort of, you might do better on this next question. So I'm going to read to you a long list of names, nicknames for Katie Luther. And I want you to tell me which one is not actually evident in oh, okay. letters. 
So All listen, right. and you might you might just like jot it down if you think there's a there's a strong contender. So we've got a list of nicknames. Beloved housewife, sweetheart, your grace, Mrs. Doctor, woman, <laughs> dear maiden Katie, the holy worried lady, my little love, the rich lady of Zulsdorf. Katerina of Luther, Von Pora, preacher, brewer, gardener, and whatever else she can be. Resident of the Sow Market. Most holy lady doctor. I'm going with sweetheart. <laughs> uh, what was the first one? Beloved, Beloved housewife. I think it's that one. Your grace. You're all wrong. Is it the Sow Market lady? No, that one, they're Ooh. all legit except... Woman. Oh. oh did you hear me? Sure. Okay. Yeah. No, he really did call her all those things. I love the holy worried lady. Is yeah. <laughs> writing her That's and he mean. blames her. He says, You're worrying so hard, a piece of the house fell down over here. So quit it and trust me to the oh. Lord and let it be. <laughs> so I would like to be called a few of those things by my own. Dear husband, and maybe I should put this list on the refrigerator and be like, you may address me as any of the following acceptable terms of endearment. Be a good Luther, run Lutheran, and, uh, you know, follow suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got one more true false question before our last question. Second to last question, penultimate question. Penultimate. And the last one on Katie Luther, who's my girl. True or false, in his will, Luther followed the usual late medieval practice of appointing a male guardian for his wife and children. True. It was Bugenhagen. No, it wasn't. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm so Bugenhagen, Bugenhagen, Bugenhagen. I'm, mm, I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say false. I'm going to go with True. I don't know who it is, but yeah, I'm going to go with true. It's false. Why not? He did did not. There is an addendum. So he wrote his will in 1542. And in February 1544, he added an addendum with regard to his wife. I will read some excerpts from it because it's really cool. Court held on Friday, the eighth day after the feast of the conversion of St. Paul in the 1544th year. The Honorable Hans Luft as attorney, and at the command of the venerable, highly learned Lord Martin Luther, Doctor of Holy Scripture, has given, transferred, and released in the very best form, manner, and style that he, with the utmost constancy and efficacy, could or might do before the law. To his wedded housewife, Katerina, if she should survive him, the following pieces of real property as her own, to have and to employ in accordance with her pleasure for her use and service without any contradiction. As namely, and then it goes through and lists five little pieces of property that are to be Katie's own. All these enumerated pieces of real property, which are within the city council's jurisdiction and the municipal precincts, shall, as stated above, lie within the power of aforesaid Frau Katerina to use for her own benefit, well-being, and pleasure without any contradiction or hindrance by her children. That was Luther's intention. And of course, the court the probate court did go ahead and appoint her a guardian because that's how they did things back then. But he didn't think she needed it. Yes. Hmm. I think I've got my my history correct. If I'm wrong, please someone correct me. But 
Maybe it's mysteriously Bugenhagen and Wall. Maybe that's who the court applied. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I don't know. Luther didn't, but the court did, maybe. But Luther Luther trusted Katie to handle her own property, which I think his actions speak as loudly as his words in that regard. Mm. Finally, question 15. As we have seen, despite his steadfast belief in and commitment to male headship, Luther's marriage to Katie did much to increase his respect for women's capabilities and to soften his views on women in general. Which other notable set of personal relationships seems to have helped him grow even more in his affection for women? Who's that lady who wrote him letters that we did mm-hmm. a story time on? Argula. Arugula. Von Grumbach. No. I'm going to say Arugula. Close. Elizabeth Kirchner? Closer. His daughter. Did he have daughters? His daughter. Yeah. Chris, mm. His daughter? His daughters. Yeah. Aww. Yes. Yes. Uh, what a dad. Katie bore six children. Hans, Elizabeth, who died in infancy, Magdalena, Martin, and Margaret. And Magdalena, in particular, was very close to her father. And Aww. she died in his arms at age 13. Oh. And their relationship was so warm and so affectionate and so filled with Christ that I, I would love to end this with excerpts from a series of epitaphs he wrote for her. And I think these are good words for any Lutheran woman to read and to think. You need another Kleenex. <laughs> you're going to need another Kleenex. Yeah, we had our laughing time. Let's have some crying time. So there are three different versions of the epitaph for his daughter, Magdalena. He seems to have kept working on it until he got something mm. good. But I'm going to pull a, a couple of lines from each version. Here sleep I, Magdalena, Dr. Luther's daughter. I rest in my little bed with the saints. A daughter was born to die and was lost on account of sin. But because of Christ's blood, death is turned to life and good. I, Elena, Luther's dear child, sleep easily here with all the saints and lie in my peace and rest. Now I am God's guest. To be sure, I was a child of death. From mortal seed my mother bore me. Now I live in the kingdom of God. For that I thank Christ's blood and death. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. So we'll call that Luther's final word on the Mm -hmm. value and worth and dignity and beauty of women in Christ's church. Nice. His own daughter. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You guys did way better on that than I thought you were going to do. <laughs> Some of those answers came out of nowhere. I swept. Except the Disney World answer. Like, what was that? <laughs> that was a hard okay. question. So you got like minus one point. <laughs> I have like a 91%. I'm okay with that. Yeah. A low A More than fine. passing. High B. <laughs> I'm, I can dig that. <laughs> and as Luther points out, we are not saved by our intellects. We are saved by our faith. Thank goodness. Exactly. So what does it matter if you got a 91%? Christ's blood covers you, Brie. That's right. You, got, yeah, like you win me. where it counts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this was a very weird and surreal quiz to write. I'm not going to lie. I had to confront some... Some sides of my hero, Martin Luther, that were a little uncomfortable for a while, but... You did yeah. it with grace, though, and, like, diplomacy. Yeah. It was yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Good. Hopefully you learned something. I learned something. Yeah. He, was not, he was not a bad guy. He was yeah. not. In case, you were, in case you were doubting it. 
He was pretty cool. But do not take those quotes out of context. Just don't do it. Mm-mm, don't. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Bad things Bad happen. Bad things happen. Allow, allow him to to grow in in wisdom and maturity as he grows in experience. Correct. Yep. Um, right. Some of that was product of his upbringing mm-hmm. and society. Mm-hmm. And his sorceress next door neighbor, apparently. <laughs> and his sorceress <laughs> next door neighbor. <laughs> Woof. Yikes. Ladies, we want to know how well you did on this quiz. If you got any of them right, if you did better than we did on the riddles, what you thought of the riddles, we would love to know in our Facebook group. Join us. Maybe we don't want to know. Maybe keep it to yourself. I don't know. Join us in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. We're also on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. If you want to follow us there, we have exclusive Insta content. If you want to see all of our midweek pictures and questions and all kinds of fun stuff there as well. So you can follow us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. You can also get Lutheran Ladies Lounge in your inbox. You can send us an email, lutheranladies at kfuo.org, and we'll get you signed up where you can find out how to do that in the show notes for this episode as well. Speaking of the show notes, if you too want to dig into the swirling vortex of quotes from Luther on women, I will include a link to the volume referenced in this episode in the show notes. Very good. You can find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash lutheranladieslounge or on your favorite podcasting app or on the KFUO radio app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Lady of the Sow Market. (laughs) And I'm Hair Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us, too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at kfuo.org slash give.